Hello and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. I'm Earth Ranger Emma, and yeah, I have a lot of favorite animals. But today's creature is one of my favorite, favorite critters. This is gonna be an amazing show. too much if I say that today's episode is all about one of the cutest little animals you are ever going to meet. One of the sweetest, most adorable little river dwellers. The North American River Otter. Before we dive into the world of the river otter, we're going to play a little game. Who am I? Listen up and see if you can guess the identity of today's mystery animal. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> All right, Rangers, here comes the sound clip. Listen up. Okay, here's a little hint. We've learned a lot about this creature in a past episode. In fact, we even spoke to this animal zookeeper from the Toronto Zoo. Any ideas? Here's that sound one more time. Ready to guess? Did you guess rhinoceros? If you did, you're right! Wow, who would have thought rhinos would sound like that? That sounded more like a tiny bird as opposed to a ginormous rhinoceros to me. There are actually five different types of rhino on Earth. Two species from Africa, the black rhino and the white rhino, and three from Asia, Sumatran, Javan, and Greater One-Horned. Rhinos are such important animals. They're one of the largest land mammals alive today. Unfortunately, there are fewer than 30,000 of them alive in the wild. Rhinos have been hunted extensively for their horn, as some cultures believe that the horns have medicinal properties. They absolutely do not. In fact, do you know what rhino horns are made of? Keratin. That's the same stuff your hair and fingernails are made of. And last time I checked, there was nothing medicinal about hair or fingernails. Rhinos need our protection. They're big, they're beautiful, and we want to make sure that they're here for a long, long time. For more info about rhinos and a super fun interview with my friend Angie the Rhino Keeper, check out episode 22 of the Earth Rangers podcast. Now, Earth Rangers, I am really excited because it's time for our creature feature. Creature feature! Creature feature! As I said, today we're going to be learning all about the North American river otter. And I figured the best place to talk about river otters is an actual river. I'm at the shore of the Humber River, which flows right by the Earth Ranger Center. Now, the chances of me coming across a river otter around here are pretty slim. They are very elusive. But wouldn't it be cool if... Oh, um, sorry, wait a sec. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm just getting a text from Earth Ranger Kyla. It says... Are you recording the River Otter episode? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, let me just tell her that now is not a good time. Uh, yes, I am, right now! Exclamation mark, cringy face emoji. 
Now, as I was saying, I think that... Ugh, sorry, Earth Rangers. I, I really should turn my phone off. But wait, what's this? Kyla says, in that case, I challenge you to a river otter creature feature face-off. What? I just gotta answer her. One sec. What? Question mark? Question mark? Astonished emoji? Kyla says, we take turns saying interesting facts about river otters. Whoever runs out of facts first loses. Whoever says the last fact is the undisputed victor. You in? Uh, yeah. In it to win it. Sounds like we're in for an ultimate showdown. Ultimate showdown. Ultimate showdown. Let's do this. But since it is my show, I'm going first. She says okay. Here we go. Did you know that river otters make their homes, called burrows, near the edge of a river, lake, or swamp? Question mark. River otters are as comfortable on land as they are in water. Aha! Oh, ah. Kyla says, did you know that the burrows have multiple entrances and exits so the otters can come and go from the water easily? Yeah, totally knew that. Oh, but did you know that their long tails, webbed feet, and waterproofed fur help to make them excellent swimmers? They can also hold their breath underwater for up to four minutes. Sit. And Kyla's fact is, I bet you didn't know that North American river otters are actually members of the weasel family. Weasels? Really? <laughs> That's cool. Okay, yeah, but did you know that the otters will eat fish, crayfish, amphibians, and turtles? Scent. Hmm. Okay, according to Kyla, river otter mothers are really involved parents. They have to teach their babies everything, including how to swim. Baby otters aren't born knowing how to swim, believe it or not. Huh. Okay, yeah, I do believe it. All right, my turn. A mother otter can have from one to six babies at a time, and those babies are called pups or kits. Oh, okay, Kyla says, okay, here's one you probably didn't know. The river otter has whiskers that help it to detect the movement of prey in murky water. Whoa, that's so cool. I actually did not know that. But here comes my next fact. River otters can communicate with whistles, growls, yelps, and screams. Hmm? Nothing from Kyla. Maybe she's given up. Oh, what's that? And river otters can dance. Can dance? Hmm. I don't think so. Uh, did you know that river otters are great river dancers? Really, Kyla? <laughs> LOL, I don't think so, winky face emoji. They are good at sliding on their bellies though. And one final fact, the river otter's tail is called a rudder, send. Oh, <laughs> she says. You win this round, but this isn't over, Earth Ranger Emma. Yeah, Earth Rangers, I won! Yeah! Okay, but to be fair, 
I had a little bit of an advantage. Kyla had no idea that just this morning, I was on the phone with real-life otter expert Dr. Don Reed from the Wildlife Conservation Society of Canada. He had so many amazing stories and otter facts to share. No wonder I won the showdown. <laughs> Here, let's jump into the call. Conservation Conversation. Hello, this is Don Reed, Wildlife Conservation Society Canada speaking. Oh, hi, Don. Uh, this is Earth Ranger Emma. Nice to meet you. Hello, Emma. Yeah, good to meet you, too. Look, I'm working on a podcast about river otters, and I was told you might be able to answer a few questions. Is that right? Um, I think so, yeah. I've, I've studied river otters uh, for quite a while in northern Canada. Oh, cool. So, I heard that you're a conservation zoologist. Can you explain what that means? Uh, well, a zoologist is a scientist who studies animals, and a conservation zoologist is one who studies animals with the particular aim of making sure that they are conserved well into the future and that they can continue to exist uh, in, in company of human beings. How long have you been doing this work? Um, I've, I've been in this field for about 40 years now. I've had quite a long career doing it. 40 years? Including all the studies I've done, you know, going to university and so forth, yeah. Oh, very cool. Look, I'm sure that we could chat about loads of interesting stuff, but today I really want to ask you about the river otter. So to start off, can you maybe start by describing to our audience what a river otter looks like? Um, a river otter is a mammal that looks tube-like, and it's 90 to 140 centimeters long, so it's a large weasel. And it has a very long tail, up to a third at least of its body length is a strong muscular tail. It's an animal that lives a lot of its life in water. So it's long and streamlined with short limbs, so it can easily propel itself through the water. And they're generally sort of brown to uh, darkish gray in color. Mm. Does that give you a good, good enough idea? Yeah, for sure. They're a, they're a sleek tube with a muscular tail. Yeah. Um, do you think we should change the Canadian nickel to feature a river otter on the back instead of a beaver? <laughs> um, that, you know, if we, if, if we could rotate a, a variety of animals through our coins, maybe that would be good. I don't know that the otter is necessarily better than the beaver. You know, the beaver, interestingly, is a pretty critical animal in Canada for otters. Um, otters really rely on beavers for a lot of things because beavers, as we all know, put dams across small streams and they create a lot of ponds which are really good for fish populations. And the otters really benefit from having that extra amount of habitat to go feeding in. And they really like the small fish that live in beaver ponds like sticklebacks and small minnows. The other thing that beavers do that's very valuable for otters, especially in boreal Canada, is create these beaver lodges and bank burrows, and then otters have a good place to den. And that's especially important in winter, because if you think of winter with all our ice cover on all our water bodies, there's relatively little area left of open water where the otters can both breathe, but then dive down and look for food. So these lodges and bank burrows become that kind of a place where the otters can come out of the water into a sheltered place to breathe, 
but also then immediately get back into the water without having to fight through ice, get back down and start feeding again. Oh, it's so neat that they can share their habitat that way. Yes, and th- th- they have a, a very complicated um, relationship. So they're, they're pretty similar in body size, you know, and I think a, a big a beaver could, could fight off an otter. But the otters want access to these places to den. So I think sometimes the otters force the beavers out of their lodges and the beavers will go into an adjacent bank burrow. Mostly the otters will be using beaver lodges and beaver bank burrows that the beavers have abandoned because beavers create lots of these things and they don't need to occupy all of them during the winter. But generally speaking, you know, it's sort of a, a mutual standoff, so to speak. The otters are really benefiting from what the beavers have done in terms of creating habitat and the beavers are sort of um, accommodating them and, and, and can't fight back and don't have a particular reason to fight back for the most part. Mm. You said they're a similar size and sometimes otters live in their dams. So do people ever confuse otters and beavers? I mean, it sounds like they have a lot in common. Um, y- yes, they can get confused. Um, if you're not used to seeing these animals in the wild and you just look out on a lake or a pond and you see an animal swimming across it, you could get them mixed up. The thing is that if you look closely at the tail, the tails are so different in the two animals. And of course, if a beaver, if you get fairly close, the beaver will start splashing its tail because it's aggravated that you're there and it'll make that big bang on the water surface with its tail. Otters won't do that. They, they will um, pretty much dive and try and disappear because they're pretty shy animals. Ah, so the trick is spotting the tail. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, if you can get a close enough look. What is your very favorite thing about river otters? You know, one, one of the, the really neat things about them is their social system. And we, don't, we still don't really understand it well, especially in, in northern areas. So they seem to have two different kinds of social groups. One is the typical family, and the other we call a clan. Okay, now the family really is not what we think of as a, a human family, w- with the father helping the mother out. An otter family, like so often with mammals, is the mother looking after her young, and occasionally with a helper who might be a female from a previous litter. So that's a, that's a common grouping. And the other group, the clan, appears to be largely groups of males that come together in times of the year when they can go around and live together and forage together and benefit from each other in terms of cooperative foraging. So one animal will go down, find a school of fish, and communicate that to the others in the group by coming to the surface with the fish that's just caught. So the group then knows where that school of fish is, and they can, they can go down and look for it again. So that clan organization is something we don't fully understand because we don't know the relatedness of those males. We don't know um, whether they are brothers, father and offspring, you know, that kind of thing. But it seems quite common across boreal Canada, at least in the summertime, for those male groups to form, and also in coastal areas where river otters actually live in, in the sea, but just along coasts in Western Canada and into Alaska. Whoa, it's so neat and kind of mysterious that they can organize themselves in different ways to cooperate. That's really cool. Yeah, I think they're pretty intelligent animals. 
And, you know, they're fairly long-lived. The oldest known otter was 17 years old. To be an elder in the otter world would be anything over 10. But fairly long-lived animal with social system like this, I, I think they are quite adaptable, so to speak. And that, you know, that shows from the point of view of them occupying so many different kinds of aquatic environments across North America from places that are really in the desert to right out in the salt water along the coast, to high alpine lakes, to all through the boreal forest and all our lakes and ponds and streams. So they've managed to occupy all these different parts of aquatic world and, you know, evolve to deal with that in different ways. Well, well, the otter sounds like an incredibly fascinating creature and your work sounds so, so cool. Um, Thank you so much for talking to me and, and teaching me all about this wonderful creature. Well, thank you very much for your interest. That's, it's, it's really exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased to have been able to do it. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. I guess I ought to let you get back to your work now. <laughs> <laughs> back to uh, analyzing data. Yes, thanks very much. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was really cool. That's amazing that Don has been working as a wildlife biologist for 40 years. He must have had so many wonderful animal encounters during that time. Hmm, that reminds me of something. It's time to listen to some real-life animal encounter stories from you guys, the listeners. Today's story comes to us from Lucas. Once I was hiking with my parents and my cousin Zyron in Lone Elk Park. And me and my cousin Zyron were fast hikers, so we were ahead of the others. And we turned them in, and we almost crashed into a herd of elk and we froze we didn't move any we didn't move a muscle and when the parents got there they walked backwards and um we then we followed and we waited for the elk to cross the path and then we kept hiking Hey, thanks, Lucas, for your story. It's always surprising and breathtaking to see wild animals while hiking in nature. I sometimes see white-tailed deer in the forest around the Earth Ranger Center, but elk are usually much larger. A full-grown elk can weigh up to 700 pounds, while a white-tailed deer usually doesn't get much heavier than 300 pounds. If you have any cool animal stories you'd like to share with us, you can email us at podcast at earthrangers.com. Or just click on the megaphone on my website, earthrangers.com slash podcast. You can also find a link right here in the show notes. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. And don't forget, if you submit a story, you automatically get entered for a chance to win an amazing Earth Rangers prize pack. Earth Rangers! Well, I guess that's our show for today, Earth Rangers. So here... Uh-oh, it's Kyla again, you guys. She says, I've got another fact for you. You definitely do not know this one, Emma. Oh, someone has been doing some quick research on the internet, it seems.
Sure, hit me. Emoji with sunglasses. She says river otters have a nictitating membrane. Ha <laughs> ha, nice try. I know that one. It's a clear third eyelid that protects their eyes from water when they're swimming. Scent. Kyla says, um, yes, exactly fine. You still win? Yes, for now. But I will be back. I am a fountain of animal information. I know fun facts about more than just river otters. Just you wait. I'll be victorious one day. <laughs> oh, Kyla. I almost feel bad for her. I know she really loves otters too. By the way, if you want to see Kyla and some of our awesome animal ambassadors in a live meet and greet, you should totally check out our Facebook channel at facebook.com slash bringbackthewild. I'll be back for a brand new episode and more wonderful animal adventures in a couple of weeks. Until then, thanks for listening, stay awesome, and keep on ranging! Earth Rangers! Hey parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E -E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com.